0: Aaron Hogan,
1: Rod Babers, Hook'Em Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn.
0: Quite the weekend. Hope you had a great one. Whether you're up in Dallas, up in Arlington, or back here watching, or wherever you were, listening all over the great state or all over the world, Tuning into your Longhorns and then getting the uh, recap on the Monday with Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B., myself, and Rod Babers. Five hours a day, five days a week. It's so great to meet so many folks. Uh, who listen to our show from all over the great state and all over the world, Rod? Love that. One of the things about those championship you know, game moments and stuff like that is you get to met somebody from Connecticut and oh, a yeah. guy and his girlfriend from Alabama uh, who listen every day. And uh, guys meet people from West Texas, East Texas, all up and down Texas who lock it in on the Horn app. And we appreciate that. And obviously those yes, who do, do here in the 512 and sure. all over. Oh, it is It was a good weekend. For the Longhorns, it was a good weekend. Texas State going to a bowl game. Props to G.J. Kitty bringing it strong how about hey, that seven and five
2: gj kenny i mean enjoying what you can texas state something tells me the the next coaching carousel you may not have him for long either i was still surprised that um jeff trailer ended up staying at utsa you know, during the coaching carousel mostly because baylor decided they're gonna give david rando another shot as long as he revamps the coaching staff again and willie fritz at u of h that's a solid hire, though. I know some people are thinking, man, what about Gary Patterson? What about Jeff Traylor? Willie Fritz is a solid hire, man. That's, that's a good move by U of H. Um, it may not be as splashy or as flashy as some of the other ones, but you're talking about a ball coach? Willie Fritz is a ball coach. And Willie Fritz has got connections. Some people are like, does he have connections to Texas? His connections are all in Texas, nothing but Texas. No, I love that he, hire for Houston. He first Texas. got, he actually ventured out going to Louisiana, but he's a Texas guy. In terms yeah. of his connections, I know he's not born in Texas, but he's coached in Texas for years.
0: Yeah. Uh, he yeah. won national championships at Blinn. Yeah. He's... Won big at Sam Houston State. Oh, oh, and man. that helped that, that program yeah. get to the Division One level. Uh, he's won big at Tulane. Uh, yeah, he can coach. So uh, that's a great hire for Houston. It was a good hire.
2: As I said, he's always got the connections in Texas and Louisiana. That's basically all he well, needs to recruit uh, there at U of H
0: is Houston. Well, it kind of came, it came down to Louisiana. he and Jeff Traylor. And Jeff Traylor has a $7 million buyout. I think Houston said, uh, "Yeah, let's let's go here because Willie Fritz has a great resume, oh, yeah. uh, big time coach and great type." I've always told you that it's my our friend David Pierce, head baseball coach at Texas, who let me know way back, "Hey, Willie Fritz, because Willie Fritz. they Sam Houston State." He, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's mm-hmm. known him and watched him coach for a long time. So Houston has a good hire. I don't think there's any doubt about that. How about Baylor hiring Jake Spavital, uh to run the offense for the Bears now? Uh, That's an interesting move. Now, I got to know Jake very well when he was the coach at Texas State. I think Jake made some mistakes as far as the high school coaches in Texas and believing it was all portal all the time and it was his only chance. And, you know, Jake also would tell you that he didn't, you know, while he was there, they had a different president that Mm -hmm. Texas State has now. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't a a sports president. Yeah. Without a doubt. The new president with Don Coriel, the AD, is a sports president. In a big way. So, G.J. Kenny is getting more support than Jake did. Uh, Jake was doing almost everything there. I think that's interesting. He went to Cal and took an, an offense that was in the 90s into the 30s uh, at, at Cal in one year. So, Dave Aranda is obviously going to the spread. And you going to try to uh, – obviously, the long ones won't be playing Baylor anymore. But I'll keep an eye on what uh, Jake oh, yeah. does. He'll be announced today as the new O.C. there.
2: No, I mean, and Dave Aranda, I'm assuming he's calling the defensive plays. Uh, yes. Because at this point, you can't be hiring – I mean, he'd be on his, what, fourth or fifth coordinator. He's had that's his third offensive coordinator, and he's moved. Deep. So he'd be on his if he had another DC he'd be his fifth coordinator. Um, so no more insulation between the product on the field defensively for them and Dave Aranda. Him calls Dave Aranda is a really good defensive and, mind. So I like that move by them.
0: Bro. And they say they're going to invest more in the portal that they had, and the portal is now open at NIL yeah. and well, well NIL's t- portal, portal and high school. But. They're
2: inexplic- They're inextricably linked. Like the portal and in Like you yes. saved you one, but you know, one's gonna lead you to the other conversation.
0: <laughs> well it's interesting that I, I just thought of this, but he, he and Jake Spavitol can have conversations about the sport the portal now because Jake had Jake was all in portal. Yeah. And so and he might have
2: been sh- he might have been a little overzealous yes. in his prior yeah, you're right. Good your point.
0: And he, you know, he to to his detriment didn't I mean the, the, the Texas High School Coach Association main headquarters is seven months mu- seven minutes from the Texas State campus. Mm-hmm. It's in New Braunfels. I mean it's in <laughs> yeah. San Marcos. Yeah. So he, he could have been hanging out over there. Uh, but So that, that's an interesting subplot to, the, to the big weekend. The it seven is. Texas teams going to bowls. Uh, they're going to play Rice, by the way. That's a team they maybe can get their hands around. What maybe, Texas, Rice win is them. It's Rice like one is of the good. best
2: seasons Rice has had in yeah, the history of the yeah. program. <laughs> yes,
0: both, both are on the rise, or yeah. at least on an up year, which is pretty cool. a uh, and will play Oklahoma State down in the Texas Bowl. Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas and Texas AM and back-to-back. Interesting. Yeah. yeah
2: interesting. Now, what do you think about, you think Gundy will be able to take down the Aggies?
0: With a month to prepare, and they're going to have, I um, remember you know, Coach Robinson's going to be the interim that's, coach. That's why the transfer pool is key, though,
2: for, for schools like Oklahoma State. It can be devastating. Like for Texas, you know, and there's some guys that are going to transfer to try to make sure that they can beat the clock right on making a roster because spots fill up. So even Texas will have to deal with a couple of guys who on the third string on the roster, on the third string of the depth are going. Yeah, you know what? I'm out. It's a good run, but I might have to. I might have to go before my spot fills up elsewhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the reality of it. But for schools like Oklahoma State, they can legitimately lose like frontline starters before that bowl game, thinking I'm going for Green and
0: Pass. A lot of them. A lot of them. Kyle, lot, exactly. Ohio State's in a bowl game. Kyle McCord's in the portal. <laughs> if it ain't a, ain't a plus <laughs>
2: well, playoff, I don't care about your exhibition game. No. <laughs> it don't matter to me.
0: Well, that, we we know that's becoming more and more. Um, the norm. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I know a lot of college football fans hate it that are longtime college football fans. This Florida State decision, you know, ripping at the fabric of kind of college football as it becomes more and more of a business. But if you're not paying attention that it, it's becoming more and more of a business, then don't want to tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, more and more players are not going to play in these bowl games. That um, Look, last year in the Alamo Bowl, we now know that was a really huge game. It was Alabama or Washington and Texas. And B. Sean Robinson and Roshan Johnson didn't play in that game. No. Nope. And, That's you know, there were a lot of longer fans that were aggravated that. Sark allowed them to be on the sidelines for that game. Like you, they're you still know. family. I know. They're still family. Uh, but I'm just talking about fans They were made saying. a
2: business decision, but they're still family. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know I mean? uh, but we'll, 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 I'm going to go back and watch that game. I was at that game, uh, Texas and Washington, the Alamo Bowl. It was good. I mean, it was uh, – Washington was impressive to me, uh, which is not surprising. To, you know, they were 11-2 and two coming in, and yeah. to see them now go 13-0. and 0. Kalen DeBoer can flat coach. Uh, Michael Penix can – it's kind of like with Jeff Trailer. We need to see Kalen DeBoer without Michael Penix at some point, but at the same time – he was really good at uh, Sioux Falls or wherever he was before Fresno that. Fresno State, he was yeah.
2: good. I mean, he's, he's, they got the longest winning streak currently in the country at 20 games, and he is 103 and 11 as a coach all time. Like, he's only lost 11
0: games. And they got NFL <laughs> receivers. Uh, yes, Rome Adunze is the best one. I mean, they're really good. He, they had their way with Texas last year. So, yeah, really like this matchup. I mean, it's compelling. And obviously the, Bama, the Bama-Michigan matchup is with Saban and, Saban and Harbaugh. Um, that's going to be good. That's, that's going to be good.
2: Two really good, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're ball coaches, right? Nick Saban's the GOAT, but Nick Saban's a ball coach, and uh, Jim Harbaugh might be the ultimate ball coach. No matter what level he's coached in, he's had success. He's turned things around, you know, lower Division two, and then Stanford and San Fran and then now Michigan. So I can't wait to watch that one. That's going to be a hell of a matchup, man. It's gonna be, that's going to help Texas because those teams are going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. They're so physical.
0: Texas they're or just going to
2: beat each other up. Well, and Yeah, you're right, for Washington
0: in too. And Washington, you don't know, DeBo- Kalen DeBoard's already put it on their, their chip on their shoulder that they were underdogs by five points. Remember, they were, yeah, we're underdogs undefeated. by Oregon. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And that's a great point about it too because they've been like that all season long. People have been waiting on them to lose. Yeah,
0: and they all kind of like Texas, they had some narrow misses. Mm-hmm. The Washington State game was really close. Obviously, the Arizona State game on the road. After they had beaten Oregon. So yeah, I mean they're
2: clutch. They are clutch now.
0: They are clutch. These teams are are similar. You got two young, you know I don't say young, but younger, dynamic Mm -hmm. offensive minds at head coach. You've got uh, good defenses that kind of go underrated. Texas probably has the advantage of defense the way they've played this year with PK in year three. I think so.
2: I mean, you got the you got the best red zone defense, best I guess top three red zone defense, best third down defense, and a top five rushing defense. Yeah. I would say so. The only weakness oh. is their pass defense. Unfortunately, <laughs> going up against the best quarterback, the most sophisticated passing game, and the best wide receivers you faced all year.
0: Hey, it's um, so. uh, <laughs> coming up. Rod will get us a rant. Also, we'll go back into the rants of others, many about the Florida State Alabama decision in the uh, number four spot of the college football playoff. I would say, if you were listening to our show last week with Rod uh, being on the DL and uh, Nick surely being here, we had these exact debates. And I'll just say, I would what I thought would happen happened, and so you know. That that, because because Nick was not sure he was not confident that if everything happened as it did that they would, you know, the Texas would get in and they wouldn't put both Georgia and Alabama in, mm-hmm. or it would not be Alabama over Texas and Florida State would get in. Okay. But in the end, I went to bed on Saturday night feeling pretty confident that Texas was was in. I did uh, too. just how bad Florida State looked in winning, and everything kind of fell their way. And the minute the minute Alabama won that game and uh, you know took down Georgia for the first time in you know, 30 games for the Georgia Bulldogs, it just – it buoyed Texas. It just had to because not only did Texas look so dominant in their game, Mm -hmm. Alabama then went out and looked pretty badass themselves, and you're like, man, that game in September where Texas won by 10 might be the two best teams in the country. Um, you know we can't not have them. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense because yeah, there are people arguing that Texas doesn't belong. I'm like come on, man, Texas is resume strength. Nah, you just hating at that win. point of yeah. Texas didn't belong. <laughs> I mean, the Alabama win is the, the the Alabama and Texas have the best two wins of any teams in the country. Well, the, exactly. look think about the teams that are in it. Michigan's win over Ohio State, mm-hmm. Texas's win over Alabama, and Bama's win over Georgia. Yep. And then Washington has the wins over Oregon, which are impressive. Uh, and Florida State, quite honestly, doesn't have those wins. But we'll hear the the Passionate and uh, on-point arguments both ways. It's valid. That's a valid argument. Well, and there's, there's, a, there's one of those arguments that both things can be true. Um, it's just which one you, you – know, you have to accept, accept either of them. If you're strong on one side that Florida State got screwed and it's terrible for college football, okay. The other side is they created the better matchups and picked the four best teams, which mm-hmm. is with the charge of the committee, and it's better for the fans, it's better for the game. Uh, but that's a good, healthy debate. I'd also say this. This says, uh, guys – uh, we might have a reason why Brett Yormark was rattled. A picture shows Brett's daughter flipping the bird right behind him in the direction of the team that was on the stage. So the player were probably going off on which could explain why he got a little r- r- rattled. How about but this? You're on the stage. You're there with the trophy. Your daughter's there. I didn't there, see that. Let me go check this out. And you know the, the players are cussing mm. Yormark. And maybe the daughter standing up for dad went okay. full flip the bird. And I so Yormark's like,
2: Honey, honey, Baby, girl, what are you we doing? doing? What are we doing? Down. You are not. You're escalating the situation.
0: Okay, <laughs> we're, on, we're on camera here. She's, and she's like taking up for her dad. She's like, you're talking trash on my
2: dad, I hope my
0: daughter would. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, hey. And so okay, that, that could have been the, the, all right. the so moment of rattling.
2: He's, basically, he's trying to put out like three fires at once, right? He's got the crowd boy, the daughter back there escalating the situation. Players
1: seen, players the the cussing about. Huh? What's <laughs> that there, Have y'all seen the evidence here? I, I can't find anything.
0: I have not. It's oh. Gus from the Bronx on our text line was I, the one that showed hey, that. So we'll have to I'm go deep. Dive deep on it. It. I'm gonna have to go rewatch it so if it's out there. Hey. I
2: don't know if it's on the um, like the ESPN rewatch. I don't know if it's on there.
0: They might have a limit. Real like, hey, RealMarks. Hey, ESPN. Yeah, your TV part. Can they, you pull that they, off? Because
2: they took off the nearly uh, halftime too. Because that, that was when I rewatched again. Yeah, looked Because my cable, because of the dispute between ESPN and the providers, I didn't get it on regular like cable. I had oh, to stream it.
0: That's and what I, I did.
2: And it sucks. Because yeah. <laughs> I'd rather watch it on cable because I went, the rewatch is easier for me. Yeah. And I keep and I get little details like that.
0: Well, and you, and, and, I, I you and I are part of the uh, Inside Texas Watch Along. Yeah. And I had to. I was at the at the Jay Gilligans. Oh yeah. They had direct TV too, and there's the disputes happening in Dallas too, on WFAA. Oh, man. And they had it, but they were able to stream it on YouTube. But when you're streaming on YouTube, you're behind. You're behind. So I'm doing a watch along, and I'm like 10, 20 seconds exactly. behind Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton. <laughs> People are like, yeah! No! So Jerry's calling the plays, and I'm like, yeah, I'll wait and see it. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: that's kind of how I felt too. And I frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. Come on, get
0: that thing fixed.
2: It's, I got UVerse, so it's UVerse too.
0: Me too. Well, I Man. got DirecTV. I got UVerse, so it's, it's out for me. Hey, let's get that fixed for the Natty guys. title. Can we get that fixed for the national championship Games? I would
2: love to have that, you know, DVR forever for me, so I can record it and have it and rewatch it.
0: Come on. Come on, y'all. Yes, killing it. me, Smalls. Um, <laughs> all right, so one more time before we go to Rod's Rand, let's hear Brett Yarmark butchering the head coach of the Texas Longhorns <laughs> name. Now we learn that maybe his daughter was going Tom Herman-Birds on the Texas players to defend Pops. The subplot thickens. Here we go.
1: Sorry, I, I did not have it up. I,
0: I, oh, uh, come on, you got to say that forever. That's a, that, that's a piece of gold. Yeah, that is gold. Uh,
1: no, yeah, I know, I, yeah. All right, I'll save it. We'll I'll I'll come save
0: back it. for folks who missed it. Plus, we'll hear yeah. from uh, yeah. Booger McFarland, Bryant McFadden, Dennis Dodd vehemently defending Florida State and arguing that Florida State should be in the championship uh, round, Uh, and then those defending Alabama. We'll get to all that coming up. But right now, Rod has a rant number two of the day.
2: Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore.
1: Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real
2: you ain't keeping it right my god okay it's happening
0: everybody stay calm oh you've it's done it now it's time for rod's rant of the day
2: hold on to your butts all right welcome back let's get into uh texas's dominant win over the uh, the oklahoma state cowboys one of the things that i noticed in this matchup uh was sark Started out the game going into um, power sets, right, power personnel packages. You've heard me talk about this before. And when I say power, I mean run-oriented sets, run-centric personnel sets, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. And the key with this is I do believe he was, you know, pulling the okey-doke against Oklahoma State. He wanted Oklahoma State after watching film on Texas the last two weeks, A post-Jonathan Brooks. You know if they're watching film on Texas, uh, Oklahoma State, they were keying in on the post-Jonathan Brooks Texas offense, right? How did it look? Uh, What's the offensive identity without Jonathan Brooks? Is the running game going to regress? Let's think about those two games, right? After Jay Brooks goes down, you got – Texas Tech game, or sorry, the Iowa State game, where C.J. Baxter runs for 100 yards. you got the Texas Tech game, that's where Jaden Blue uh, runs for 100 yards. So they're probably thinking to themselves, damn, they lost Jonathan Brooks, and they had two uh, different 100-yard rushes after that. So they're thinking about the offensive line that's going to ascend, and they're thinking, man, Texas could come out here, and if they can run the ball successfully, they're going to be able to control this game, because they can't stop Texas throwing the football, because they have too many matchup advantages on the outside at skill positions. But one thing they could do if they can make Texas one-dimensional, stop the running game, and then put Texas in predictable passing situations, then they can drop their eight. That's when you could throw out the sim pressures. That's when you could throw out the really exotic looks, force Quinn Ures to hold on to the ball, force him into making some mistakes. And the only interception that he threw of the day, what was he in? Third and long Predictable passing situations Sark wanted to keep him away from that So what Sark did was use the, uh, the the Research right and use the scouting Of Oklahoma State against them They clearly came in worried about the run game Because Texas had been so successful Best running game all year Between the uh, running backs and the O-line In that Texas Tech game And then in the uh, the game against Iowa State You saw Texas impose their will And close out Iowa State on the road With the running game So what they did on on in the first 24 plays I believe that's when Texas scores 28 points in their first 20, 24 plays they come out in more heavy sets one back, two tight ends, 12 personnel, and two backs, one tight end, 21 personnel, then they do 11. Now, Sark loves 11 personnel 50% of the time. All right, he's going to run out 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. But we know that the the three high, three down defense is designed, constructed to defend spread teams, to defend speed on the field. It's a hybrid defense that is malleable itself in in, in, in uh, the conception of it. And I think you start looking at, The, you know, the way that Sark approached it, I think he wanted everything to say run. He wanted the last two weeks of research, the last two weeks of game film to say that, and also the presentation. And what do you always hear me say it, right? Present power, personnel packages, and pivot to pass principles. Why is this important to the three-high defense? Because a three-high defense is threatened, threatened by a power presentation because they know they're already outmanned. They know they are already at a size disadvantage and a numbers disadvantage in the box, all right, because they have their uh, their their run fits, their run defenders, their force run defenders coming from the second and it's coming from the third level. So if Texas initially comes out in power personnel, Two backs, one tight end. One back, two tight ends. They have to respect it. Remember I said you can even go 6-0 line if you want to, but you have to present the three high, three down with power because that will threaten them, and that threat will force them to, to, to basically abandon their disguise, abandon their distortion, which is their unique strength, all right, The distortion in disguise, pre-snap, forcing quarterbacks to process post-snap, forcing blocking schemes to have to uh, t- to be assignment sound, but post-snap because they don't necessarily know where the run force defenders are coming from and where the run fits are coming from, second and third level. So what Sark did, he presented power. All right, That means that they're probably going to get to their alignment and assignment, get closer to their run fits. That's going to reveal what their coverage responsibilities are as well because they won't venture too far from those. So better coverage indicators, better front indicators and that's for a Quinn Ewers, a a Quinn Ewers who at times can struggle processing deep into his progressions. It makes his read easier, cleans up his pre-snap read and that's when you can go to those initial read, first window throws. And he saw a lot of that, right? That's why the screen game is big. What's the screen game? Predetermined read. You know exactly where you go with the ball. (laughs) You got to go through progressions. I'm going to J.C. with the ball on the screen. I'm going to Baxter with the screen. What I just, I brought up earlier the targets to motion. Targets to motion also predetermined throws, predetermined initial read, first window throws, making it easier on Quinn Ewers. that's why he had his best game ever, that's why he was just, it seemed at one point almost perfect, I think he started the game 12 of 12, alright, throwing the football because they were presenting power and then they would pivot to play action pass principles and that is one of the ways that Sark, his formula, his own formula and antidote for the 3 high 3 down defense is to present them with power and then when they adjust, whether it be with a personnel grouping or whether it be by getting close to their run fits and assignments and revealing indicators, abandoning disguise that's all Sark needs because essentially once the unique strength of the three high three down is, is essentially is dismissed from the equation when they no longer have that that's just Sark dialing up plays against a team that's running cover three or cover four or a man coverage or with, a, with an odd front or an even front. It eliminates all the unique strength and the difficulties and the problems that the three high, three down presents. So that's one way he did it early on, and that's why they had so much success. They, most of the first half, they were in power sets over spread sets because Sark knows three high, three down, is it, it, was, it was built and constructed to defend spread sets, so don't give it spread. Don't get it the spread sets. And if you'll notice, they spread out very little. They like to go with compressed, condensed sets, right? Wide receivers with minus splits. Uh, JT Sanders and um, Donner Helm running offset wing, condensed, compressed sets, forcing, once again, extreme formations Forcing a three high, three down to abandon his disguise. He did it another way, too. Um, remember, I said you got to get extreme, not only your personnel groupings, you got to get extreme in your formations. You can do it with empty. They ran some empty, and I'll get into empty later on this week because I got, I got, I'm going down an empty rabbit hole for you guys because I think that's going to be a big factor matching up against Washington because that's it was in the bowl game against Washington. So we'll get back to that later. Unbalanced unbalanced uh, unbalanced sets, or three-by-one sets. Now, unbalanced is when you have all four receivers on one side of the field. Sark has been doing this more and more against three high, three-down defenses. Why does it matter? Why does it work? Well, if you got all four receivers to one side of the field uh, as a defense, you have stressed the defense to the nth degree. Right? So because of that stress factor, I have to get to my alignment and my assignment right away. And what do you do when you get to your alignment and assignment right away? You abandon disguise. You abandon distortion. Alignment assignment is your top priority, not disguise and not distortion, and that helps out Texas because that means the pre-snap read indicators are going to be a lot clearer. So that's what Sark has been doing. And when they ran, I call it quads, but when they ran unbalanced against Oklahoma State, you're talking about they ran 12 plays of unbalanced versus Oklahoma State. TCU they ran – uh, 22 plays of unbalanced against uh, K-State. I think they were at – yeah, he was at 14 plays of unbalanced. He's been running a lot of unbalanced against these three high, three down defenses because it forces them to have to get to their alignment and assignment and respect the numbers advantage that you present when you got all four of your receivers on one side of the field. With that being said, Texas in the uh, games where they play – Unbalanced versus three high three-down defenses, talking about nearly a 73% completion rate, over 10 yards per attempt throwing the football out of unbalanced sets against three high three down defenses so they're not even run the football that well a little under four yards per rush out of unbalance because it's tough sometimes they try to run to the to the weak side of the unbalanced, and if you run to the strong side well the defense is there they're trying to master numbers so it's tough to run to the strong side of unbalance often tough to run to the weak side especially if they have a forced run defender over there but either way it's tougher to run out of unbalanced, but easier to throw so what is doing he's presenting these these personnel packages and he's formations just to force the three high to abandon disguise and then he's throwing against them. Then he's throwing to exploit the weaknesses in the three high, three down. He's not so much running uh, against the three high, three down as I thought. The best running package in terms of uh, the three uh, Texas facing the three high, three down this year actually has been 21 personnel. When Texas runs the football out of 21 personnel period this season, they're averaging damn near 10 yards per rush. It is still easily the most effective, most efficient, and most explosive personnel grouping the last three years under Sark. And I thought it was because of Bijan and Rojo, but my hypothesis was wrong and flawed. Turns out this season, you are still averaging more yards per attempt, more yards per play, and more yards per rush out of 21 personnel than other other personnel grouping that Sark has there. And this is post Bijan and Rojo with Jay Brooks going down, with now Jaden Blue uh, contributing, with Keelan Robinson, with C.J. Baxter. It it, it is what it is. I think Sark now needs to make sure next season that 21 personnel actually becomes more of a feature. And when you go up against Washington, don't be surprised if you see the 21 personnel set come out again because Sark's got the same numbers I got.
0: Good stuff right there. As usual with Rod in the rant and uh, start going heavy to throw. Uh, and just, you know, he complimented how good the linebackers were, and he got mm-hmm. them on roller skates in that game. They were the first couple of plays. You got a screen pass throwback to C.J. Baxter that goes for a big, big explosive. Um, you know, then a, then a sweep to Keelan Robinson, then the play action to the corner route to A.D. Oh. Mitchell. I mean, those guys were just on their heels. and um Really impressive, just the whole, gosh, the whole first quarter, first half. If not for the uh, Quinn interception where he just never saw the linebacker, you know, the, that game's more one-sided. Yeah,
2: because they couldn't get Texas in third and long. That was one of the – one time – not one time. And that was after a penalty, yeah, times, the one Christian Jones right? penalty. They had him third and long. made a first
0: and 20, which led to a third and long, which led to a pick, which led to, you yeah. know, nearly a – their only touchdown. Texas down. stays
2: out a third and long, Quinn uses at his best.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. But when
2: that. Quinn is in a predictable passing situation – that's when you throw your exotics and your sim pressures and everything at him. But if he's not in that and they kind of they – keep, they keep the defense off balance, man, Quinn can, can, can look like that more often.
0: Yeah. We'll come back when we do. We'll get back into the Florida State-Alabama debate uh, and where you stand on it. It's a, one of those polarizing, uh, visceral conversations about college football, and what's good for it and what it is. Also uh, more on the NFL from the weekend, including the Texans. You know, it's been all about C.J. Stroud this year for Houston, there are other – Foundational rookie had himself a hell of a game yesterday, and they were able to win a really, really big football game. We'll get back into that as well. It's Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. We've got uh, who said that for the end of the who hour?
2: Said
1: that? Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook 'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn.
0: Man, what a weekend, what a Monday, a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Plenty of good for the Longhorns. Crops to uh, Vic Schaefer and the Texas women. Rory Harmon was amazing yesterday. They beat, not, not just beat, they, they took down UConn. And UConn's not the same UConn, right? But Paige, but that's still Geno RM in UConn. You have no intent against them. You didn't just beat them, you beat them pretty bad. And Rory Harmon was the best player on the, on the court. She is, a, she's a dog, Rod. She went to my Let's high school. She went to year. Cypress Creek High. That's right where mm-hmm. I went. Graduated in 1991. She's a dog, man. She was awesome yesterday. Even Gino R. M. has said that's by far the best player we faced this year. I can and, that. And, and 27 points, 13 assists, balling out against UConn. Also, the Texas volleyball team is off to uh, Stanford now. They uh, won their regional, beat A&M, beat the Aggies. Always good to do that, and then beat yeah. SMU. So uh, props, and it was a good lot of winning on the 40 acres over the weekend. Oh yeah,
2: the uh, State department's in a really good place. They waiting on football. Actually, every, every
0: sport well, was doing the, great. They well, were waiting and, on football
2: and, to catch up. Right,
0: and, and that's why there was such an emotional – that's why I thought the – I guess this is what you just said is why my observation of Arlington and Dallas was so cool because fans have been waiting for so long for this, right? I mean, even – I was up there for 2018 when they played Oklahoma, but the – yeah, it was great you were playing Oklahoma, but that wasn't a great team. I mean, they went on to no. beat the, win the Sugar Bowl. They, it was they a were, good team. They were,
2: they were a good team. They were a really good team.
0: And that, that, that fan base didn't – the long fan base didn't get, like, really excited until after they beat Georgia, right? They, they lost Oklahoma, and Texas fans were hopeful they could beat Kyler Murray and company, but they couldn't. So it was almost like, oh, man. This group came there to see a, a stomping. This fan base came there to see a coronation and to take that trophy from Brett Yarmark and to leave no doubt and to take it personal and FAFO and all that, right? It was mm-hmm. They're all bought in. And now to, to wake up on Sunday morning and get placed into the college football playoff, uh, it just takes it to a whole different level as far as that goes. Um, in my mind, just, you know, the fan base is so – they're riding this wave. They are. Yeah. Riding this wave. Uh, but, Ty, I wanted to play some of the – because the controversy is obvious. Actually, let's hear, uh, Ty, when Texas was announced. And you let the to te- Texas players cheer because this was cool. Like, everybody was sitting there. They know there's five teams. There's four spots. Who's going to get in? Here it was with Texas being announced as the third-ranked team.
2: Here's the third team that was taken off and put on the board. Who's number three? The Texas Longhorns. Steve Sarkeesian's team winning a conference championship for the first time since 2009 and making the playoff for the first time.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: All right, so there they are. Pretty cool then. That was are the, all morning. down they're all down in moncrief you know what? I I don't know. I don't want to, I, I was it confident. Was like they're in. I just they're, wanted they're I
1: just wanted to know. You know, I I, 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 I told I, what, you all I, would, I slept for an hour that night just because I was just thinking about oh, it, and then I woke up early, and then I—it's had... like a
0: Christmas present, exactly. You, even if, like, sometimes you knew what was in it, you just couldn't wait to open it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because sometimes you kind of could already guess what it was going to be, but you just wanted to open it. That's where the Longhorn fans were. But then it came down to Florida State and Alabama, and listen to this: when Florida State discovers that Alabama's going and they're not, this was this was pretty brutal to watch. And maybe the most, the toughest person to watch was Mike Norvell, their coach, because he looked—he was sitting there with his team and looked over, and then looked away, and the look on his face was, you know, I gotta figure out what to tell these guys. I gotta try to tell them something. And um, here it was with uh, when Florida State found out that Bama's going. Heartbroken, devastated, and uh, I'm sure there is a lot of anger in Tallahassee as a result of this. Just a terribly unfortunate set of circumstances. They left Mike Norvell, who has done a fabulous job at Florida State,
1: put Mm. the Seminoles in position, and now Now will be a challenge of leadership.
0: All right, so let's let's walk through these. Here's here's Boo Corrigan. Boo Corrigan, who is the Athletic Director at NC State in the same conference as Florida State. Here is his explanation for why the 13-person committee made the call that they did to take a one-loss Alabama conference champion over an undefeated 13-0 Power 5 conference champion. First time a team with that resume has ever been left out. Here is the committee chair.
1: Florida State is a different team than they were through the first 11 weeks. Uh, Coach Norvell, their players, their fans, you know, uh, an incredible season. But as you look at who they are as a team right now, uh, without Jordan Travis, without the offensive dynamic that he brings to it, they are a different team. And, and the committee voted uh, Alabama 4 and Florida State 5.
0: All right, so there we go. Uh, the Then a uh, few hours later, the athletic director at Florida State, A guy named Michael Adam uh, Alford put out a – did not mince words. He says, I am disgusted and infuriated by the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the games. What is the point of playing the games? Everything that happened today goes against everything that is true and right in college football. A team that overcame tremendous adversity and found a way to win doing whatever it took on the field was cheated today. It's a sad day for college football.
2: Let's – that's a valid point. I mean, I don't I don't think they said anything that's <laughs> untrue. Uh, and as as a former athlete myself, I mean, I, I feel like these guys believe that they've been lied to their entire life about the meritocracy of the sport and how, you know, winning If you know, winning is the ultimate prize. If you win, doesn't matter how you did it. You don't need about the style points. As long as you win the game, um, then you'll have a chance. You know, you give yourself a chance if, to play for a championship.
1: But how can you feel? I would feel a lot worse at the verbiage of like, "Hey, if you're missing a key player or coach, that's gonna that's gonna come into play here." You know, the, well, I mean, that was right now before that- any of this happened.
2: Yeah, but it's still that that doesn't mean you necessarily have to operate by those standards and rules. A committee can do whatever the hell they want to do, yes. right? And, and they did what they wanted to do. But the point is, this is a this is setting a precedent. And I think the precedent is almost symbolic about the death of amateurism and the, the death about the sanctity of amateurism. This is a business now. This is well, about money and straight cash. This is about television ratings and about getting the best television product you can out there, period.
0: Right, and I, it, it's, it's, uh, period. It's, it's sad for that team. And, it, look, the, the real problem for the committee is this wouldn't happen next year, right? Next year they're going to be in, and then they can go play. Now they wouldn't have gotten one of the top four seeds, which means they would not have a buy, but they would have been hosting Liberty right, in a, in a first-round playoff game, and they'd have been in. But that's mm-hmm. not this year, and that's the problem. And to to y'all's point, um, you know, this is – to Ty to said it, it's written in there. I mean, it's – and, and some, the Florida State fans are rightfully citing Ohio State in 2014 when uh, they got in with a third-string quarterback. But that third-string quarterback was Cardell Jones. Yep. And Cardell Jones had led them to a win over Michigan. And played great. They scored like fifty,
2: forty, and forty something points. It, their offense
0: was better with him. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, this guy's a revelation. <laughs> yeah. Than Braxton Miller at the time, if memory serves. J.T. Miller, Barrett. Braxton, JT Braxton Barrett? Braxton Miller. Braxton got hurt before the year started. Yeah, and then JT, JT Barrett, Barrett, Barrett came in. The then JT football. Barrett came in, and then he got hurt. And but Cardale Jones led them to the win over Michigan. Yep. And yeah, you know, they won the national championship. So it was hard to say that was a bad pick. Zeke Elliott, Urban Meyer, those those teams. But so that that's what Florida State's saying that you know we don't pass the eye test, but we still have won. So give us a chance to go win. And we saw them throw for 55 yards on Saturday night uh, with a backup quarterback, and they were down to their third guy. But Look, there, there's no easy way to say it. this. Is a, this is a shame, but there's no easy, an- easy answer either. Nope. And I know you could say the easy answer is, well, let's put Florida State in. Well, Florida State would have been an immediate, you know, three-touchdown underdog to Michigan, which is not what anybody wants. And Alabama, it's a three-point game. You know, it's a pick 'em game with Alabama and Michigan. That, I'm not saying Vegas is, needs to be the right, but – that power rated, it's not close. No. Uh, so it is a shame. Let's hear from Booger McFarland. He was, of course, a former LSU defensive tackle, formerly Monday Night Football NFL player. He was the most passionate on the ESPN set, arguing in favor of Florida State.
1: This is a travesty to the sport. Because we go out there on the field and we play the game. And regardless of whether it looks good at the quarterback position, regardless whether we win with offense, whether we win with defense, the name of the game is to win. And that's a reason never before has this not been done. Winning a Power 5 conference, going undefeated, and not getting into the playoff. So I I understand we want to look at style points and who are we going to get for the best matchups. But that's not what this is about. This is about understanding to get the four best teams. One team has a loss, and that's Alabama. One team doesn't in Florida State. And the fact that this committee could take a Power 5 conference champion that's undefeated, Those kids have went out there and busted their behind and not get into the playoff based on the eye test. Mind you, this is the same Alabama team who needed a prayer in Jordan Hare to beat an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State. So that's really what has me bothered. All
0: right, so uh, you're making a strong debate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But look, the the verbiage does state that the best four teams, including who's healthy and who's not, will be taken into consideration by the committee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you have to. I mean, you absolutely have to. And I understand – this is when you say unique situation, right? Unique unicorn. It's a unicorn of a year. It's never happened before. We said that all last week, Rod. We've never had eight teams with a chance to get to the final four in the final weekend. That's never happened before. Yep. Hell, last year, two teams that didn't win the conference got in. Got in. Yeah, that was because wild. there weren't enough teams to qualify, mm-hmm. and so TCU and Ohio State got in without even a conference championship. We told you all last week. You have to be a conference champion got this you. year. Yeah. Which, which meant Ohio State run. has no argument. If Georgia were to lose, no argument. Nope. You don't have that 12th win and that uh, that data point. you uh, Yeah, you're going to be out. Yeah. And uh, that's just that's, that was this year, and that's unfortunate. And, yes, I mean, gosh, you can't ever make it up for these players and all the time they put in and all the work that they had to, to get to where they are in the championships. But uh, uh, still an impressive year, and we'll see. They're already a 14-point underdog to Georgia in the Orange Bowl run. Yeah.
2: I think that tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: are, I mean, it, it doesn't it,
0: mean they're going to lose by 14, but.
2: They probably will. Or well, if Georgia comes to play. You know, sometimes Georgia can check out, too. If they're
0: 2018, not, Texas it, found that yeah, out.
2: Exactly, right. They're not playing for the, uh, the all the marbles. I just think for Florida State, it, it's unfortunate. That, and, and you said it. Uh, both those things can be true. Um, that they got shafted. That it's really sad and unfortunate. But the best four teams and the most deserving four teams are very different and they are definitely certainly one of the more deserving the one of the four deserving teams best deserved most deserving teams but they're not one of the four best teams
0: let's hear one more from dennis dodd dennis dodd cbs sports their lead uh, college football writer for a long long time i've had dennis on the show many times and met him good guy he is uh, not happy with the way the committee went and i think he makes a strong case
2: it's an abomination that Alabama's in and I'll tell you why. What the committee is saying by doing this is that Florida State plays a version of football that is so inferior to a team that went 12 and 1 from the SEC and let's make, let's make this clear. The SEC had a down year, slightly, but a down year below 500 against the other power conferences. It's best win was
0: Kentucky against Louisville. If I'm Mike Norvell, I'm calling the attorney general right now. <laughs> I, I, It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I love you. it, man. I don't love it. I hate it for Florida State, but I love the debate and the rancor because mm-hmm. uh, it's a good debate, and it will be forever. Uh, but now we'll see. I well, mean Now
2: it doesn't matter, though. Because you got 12 teams next year. Yes, yeah, now
0: it won't matter. It will ever be in this position again. Now nah, we will be arguing 12 and 13, but yes. Nobody will argue 12 and 13 that passionately, though. No. you would be like,
2: mm-hmm. nah, I mean, you had plenty of opportunity to get in. Because you'll, you'll, you'll probably get, for, for three of the Power Five conferences, you'll probably get multiple. Teams in now from now on for sure at least for sure. right for like well, Big look Ten SEC
0: if you're already looking next year the Texas the Big Ten has two teams in and the SEC has two teams there in you go. under <laughs> next year <laughs> yeah the
2: four teams you got two Big Ten that's a great point so yeah that's like Big Ten SEC uh, I don't know about the Big Twelve because well, listen um, I will say one, one last last maybe time. ACC
0: they'll get two it I know time. Fact, for a fact this is already happening but if you go back to the beginning of the year when the top of the ACC was was not happy with their deal oh, yeah. Florida State Want Clemson it mm-hmm. and wanted out. That has that has gone to warp speed. Now
2: it's exacerbated.
0: Now, now every, now they may have enough votes to to get out of the Granite of Rights Rod uh, in the ACC. This this will further destabilize the ACC. Totally agree. Even though the ACC added SMU and Stanford and they're moving, but this is this is groundbreaking for them. They they can't believe they got left out. They can't believe one of their own, Boo Corrigan, didn't fight for them more. Um, you know, and th- th- there's you wait because uh, the SEC right and the Big there. Ten are set. Uh, there's gonna be talk among the ACC to break away, break their granting of rights, get enough involved that the the lawyers won't matter, and some type of partnership with the Big Twelve, something so this this never happens again. Now it won't happen again. But everything you just said is true. They're gonna start fearing that the Big Ten and the and the SEC are gonna stick four teams in every year.
2: They yeah. That's a, honestly, that's a, valid, <laughs> that's a valid
0: fear. Yes. It really could. 100%. So that is happening. The saber rattling has uh, just gone through the roof now based on what we heard this summer. Because they were already upset that their, their revenue was going to be much less than in the ACC than the, the top schools and all the schools in the SEC and the Big Ten with the changes coming. Now they're getting left out of the party. Um, they got to fight for – for the future, I guess. Hey, we'll be back with some Who Said That? Who, said, Who that? said it? Always fun. Also the fabulous fifth hour is on tap on a fabulous Monday. It's looking up with Ian Rodby. Ooh, Who said that? It is who said that time with uh, audio from a busy, busy weekend, and who said it, Rod? We try to guess, and uh, you play it for me. I play it for you. What do you got for me?
2: All right, Ty. I sent you like three different cuts. you can just dial up any one of them. We can play. Who
1: said that? Our players came up with a this uh, this bet bet, and um, yeah, I even had to look up what it means. But what it, what, it, what it means to me
0: uh, is bringing everyone together, and that's what our team has done. So bet.
2: Bet. bet who that?
0: <laughs> who that? That is uh, Jim Harbaugh.
2: That is Jimbo. With fist with a mouth. Jimbo bet. Yeah,
0: I like that. Uh, Their number Played one. C on shirt And look, at, funny how all this controversy with Florida State and Alabama have, have tamped down the uh, Jim Harbaugh issues. But mm-hmm. speaking of that, can you can I you know who said this? Rod speaking who said of that? the Michigan scandal and all that goes with it. Who said that?
1: Hey, hey guys, I got a quick phone call. Connor Stallion's beeping in right here. I'm trying to get a few signals here, so I got to go. Uh, but, but as soon as we get done, you know, look forward to competing
0: against Ryan Day, and, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: <laughs>
2: Maybe you'll get some help in that regard, too. <laughs> Drink always a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for being with us. M-I-Z. Who said that, Rod. Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri head coach. He's, a, he's got a good personality. He's cracked a few funny jokes. We played him like three times on this segment That's this funny. season. He's pretty funny, man. He's a good dude. That's funny, a,
0: that was a mic dropper. Like, oh, man.
2: Oh, man. Uh, just
0: it. getting a dig in because um, they're playing Ohio State. And Ohio State, by the way, Kyle McCord, the Ohio State starting quarterback, is in the portal. So is Dylan Gabriel. we so are talking Dylan...
2: about guys who, who are starting quarterbacks of double-digit win teams. We're now in the portal, man. Your life comes at you fast. That's
0: crazy. Well, I think God, I don't know what's going to happen now that the Longhorns are in the playoff. We talked last week. Could, guy like Malik, Malik Murphy jump in the portal now because the spots, spots are going up, to, man? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, you can't mess around, especially quarterback. So, definitely, if there's if it's only a few spots for cornerbacks and wide receivers, imagine how few there are for quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It was up quick, man.
0: So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. A long one so far. <laughs> there's that a Conner Stallion shout out.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, Did you? I thought that. Uh, I believe Barstool has found. They found Conner Stallions and had, like, there was an interaction I saw at Barstool. Maybe they were joking. Maybe they were trying to troll us. But I don't know. Conner Stallions, the fact that he is kind of going away now and nobody's got that interview, he must have got a nice little cash bag. Go away.
0: Uh, All right. So, who said that, Rob? What else do you have for me?
2: Uh, All right. I uh, dial up another one. Who said that?
1: Coach, going into this game, Carson Beck hadn't been hit all year. And so I knew you guys were going to try to affect this quarterback in some kind of way. Could you maybe hint or let us know what the mindset was, the game plan to go about trying to affect this quarterback with the rush and coverage? Where were you guys thinking? How did you guys, when do you think you guys were successful at that? Yeah, well, I think we were successful after the first drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of changed it up. We were trying to play odd, yeah. thinking we couldn't stop the run yeah. unless we played odd. Okay. They kept putting the formation in the boundary, motion into the field, so now we got Dallas Turner walked out, who's the best rusher we got. Doesn't make sense. And he's walked out on the slot. <laughs> yep. So after that first drive, I told the coaches, I said, look, play 40 and play split safety. Yep. Don't worry about pressuring, because if we rush four guys, we'll get pressure on the quarterback and affect them, but we'll be able to stay... Top and bottom on these yeah, guys all the coverage. time. Yeah. And and 19s not going to kill us. And 84 is not going to kill us. And other than the one big play they made when they ran a force and go into yeah. the boundary over there we and number one that. caught yeah, it. Misplayed it. Yeah, we misplayed it. But other than that, we, we took the big plays away. Yeah. And um, I, I, I thought played really well.
0: All right. Ooh, uh, that. That's Nick Saban. Damn, he still got it. You see him just break that down? Talk about,
2: about one drive making the adjustment. About the, I always bring up the chess match within the game chess master. To the one drive. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, because Georgia walked down the field and and put in the end zone. It was seven nothing. They didn't score again until the fourth quarter. They were
2: using and matter of fact, Oklahoma State did this too, by the way, guys. Uh, they call it formation to the boundary where you put most of your, uh, your skill guys into the boundary into the short side of the field. And the reason Oklahoma State did it is so they can attack the Texas safeties because Jade Barron usually plays on the field side. So they put formation to the boundary, receives to the boundary, you can attack the Texas safeties, and you, you relegate Jade Barron to being basically a, a over-the-top safety defender away from and they, the line. Brennan Presley
0: got him a couple times. They did.
2: It, it, yeah. was, it was like a smart move by Oklahoma State. I said they would do that. That's exactly what they did. But Georgia used formation to the boundary. And Bama was playing uh, their odd alignments, um, trying to get their best pass rusher aligned That's the kind of the apex player. And they didn't activate the pass rush, so they basically decided to change it. They went from the uh, the odd front to the even front, and then they went two high safeties, and that was pretty much it. I don't think Bama even rushed more than four guys one time. Like yeah, it was they did, like one what time.
0: They did defensively, and Dallas Turner and Braswell probably their two best, you know. They've had the Will Andersons, but at the same time, they have two of them like that, they're both really good, and they'll deal with Michigan coming up in the uh, Rose Bowl. Yeah. Can I play this for you? When, sometimes in sports, a win also comes with a loss. Here we go. Who said this?
1: I'm, I'm lost words, man. I, just, I, I honestly don't know what
2: to say. Like you, you see like your brother put in so much work and be so helpful. Like One thing about Taney, he's very unselfish. And to see him go out like the game before was tough man it's tough uh we we all we fight our tails off every day to make people happy we put our bodies on the line time and time again man And to see that happen it's cold it's,
0: it's not easy I'm um, i gotta be there for him.
2: i'm not sure who that is
0: cj Stroud. Oh, uh, okay. Talking about Tank Dell. Uh, you know, they yeah. won the game 22 17, but uh, they won't have their most dynamic receiver. Nico Collins, pretty damn dynamic, too, but they won't have him for the remainder of the year. Tank will come back. Yeah. But uh, that's CJ, the emotions of winning a game but losing your, your brother.
2: Uh, hey, Ty, I got one more. Would you play it? It's only like 15 seconds. Hit me. <clears throat> Which
1: one was It was
2: the. I've sent you
0: three. You play two. So, uh, and, and as you as you make those talk, I just hope you also uh, remember it's the players, and uh, don't forget to give them a share in the revenue. All right. Ooh, Jim Harbaugh again. Mm-hmm. He's, a- he's recruiting even when he ain't
2: recruiting. Hey, get a player some of that revenue. Every player around the country says, "I like that guy." I want to play for that guy because he wants to give me money.
0: (laughs) Recruiting. And then you got coaches out there saying, I don't want you to get it. (laughs) Exactly.
2: I was like, hey, they should get more of the revenue. Are they going to get it? No, but sounds good. (laughs)
1: Sounds good.
0: Yeah, we'll be back. Fabulous fifth hour rolls on. Uh, Good stuff. We'll get back into that NFL weekend as well, including the uh, Niners statement made in Philly. Cowboys now can play for first place next Sunday night. Texans in the playoff mix in a very crowded AFC. And the Longhorns are going to the college football playoff. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.